Hey everybody, this is Harriet Kamek, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk with you about Seek the Lord. I don't know if anyone else is aware, but I know it's not just me, that we live in a day and time today when nothing is certain. We're grateful that we live in the United States where we can reasonably expect that the government we went to bed with last night will be the same government that we wake up to tomorrow. So many of us live in places of the world where that is a certainty that is denied to them. And so we want to pray for our friends and our brothers and sisters in other countries who may not have that assurance. And so in this day and time, we have to take time to seek the Lord. I know that many of us come from different places and different spaces. We worship differently. <clears throat> we have different religious beliefs, different traditions even, different cultural and religious customs, if you will. And I understand that. I, I get that totally. But while we are here within this time frame, the space that you are watching me with, the space that you're listening to me with, in this time frame, let us come together and believe in God for this one time that we all will experience peace in our world. It seems to me that we have become numb to the idea of peace. I mean, after 2020, <clears throat> we thought, well, if we make it to 2021, everything is gonna be okay, right? Boom, in February of 2021, here comes war. And it's been ongoing for two years. The number of lives lost, people have been displaced, and irrevocably people are traumatized for life as a result of war. Now here comes this moment when we have this opportunity to say what gives, what do we do? Let us see the Lord. And so as we look into the scriptures today, it is that background. And it's within that background that we're asking the Lord to hover over us. We live now in this day and time and in this dispensation. But what about the people who lived in a similar time? What did they do when around them was war? When everything, when it seemed like kings were displaced and toppled off thrones and things were not the way that it was supposed to do, what was it that happened? Well, in the scriptures, we find ourselves this morning in the book of Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. He was related to the grant to the king of Judah. And so he brought a word to the king to say, here is what the Lord says. And so I come to you this morning humbly saying to you, before we do anything else this week, let us all seek the Lord in this time, in this space. It will be a different message next week. But right now, let us seek the Lord. Let us go to God and ask him for his protection, ask him for safety, ask him to give us peace within our hearts that we can accept the inevitability inevitability of whatever the political actions may be, whatever the politicians do. We live in a day and time when as we look around our world, even in our own communities, we see so many people who are homeless. We live in a day and time when frankly, you read the economic reports and you are appalled at how people who own companies view their workers. They would rather fire people indiscriminately than they would pay them. So now we're in a day and time when they can't find people to work at the bottom and they're cutting the people at the top, which means that housing markets are coming down like this because people can't afford to buy these horrendously expensive habitations. Listen, a house is shelter from the sun, the moon, the rain, and the snow. Hello, 
So why can't a house be a shelter? Why does it have to be so horrendously expensive and so horribly unaffordable that no one can afford it? These are the issues of our time. Why is it that sickness and disease is so rampant? I read a report last night that alarmed me and it said that since COVID, we are seeing an increased rate of cancers among young people that they now believe that the COVID virus has caused people to become ill. Now, finally, we're getting the answer why so many young people are suddenly being diagnosed and within three months of the diagnosis that they never knew they had, they're, they're gone. This is why. So when you look at these things, you are alarmed because you and I inevitably know someone who this has happened to. We know friends and family members who have had young people who have left this earth and we are appalled, we are perplexed and don't know what to do. Then we look at our own situation. Many of us are, we are the same age group, we're approaching retirement and we're uncertain. What we thought we had saved up, we now realize inflation has eaten out the value of it. It's not gonna work. Are we going to sit and be worried? Some of us still have children in college. What are we going to do? Are we going to help the children? Because we know of people who took out a loan on their house to send their kids to school and then guess what happened? The loan gets to come in and the mortgage rates go up and they can't pay the mortgage. Now they've lost their home. Hello, somebody. It's not like they're hiring people and paying you 90000 or 120000 a year so you can go help your parents out. They're not doing that. So now what gives? So you might be sitting there and saying, but Harriet, that was me. I took out a loan to send my kid to college and now I can't afford my mortgage. They laid me off and I can't work enough hours to make this mortgage payment. Now is the time for us to seek the Lord. Some of us have people who have young children born with diseases that are inexplicable. What do we do? How do we live? Some of us have difficult decisions to make. We have young people now who say college is not for me. I'm not but going to go to college. What's the point? The world is going to end. I don't see the point in going to college and we are worried about their outcome. This is a time for us to seek the Lord. So I want you to go in the scriptures with me straight to Zephaniah. But first, if this is your first time hearing us on Down to Earth and if this is your first time watching, my name is Harriet Kemmock. I'm an author and speaker. I'm also the founder of the Exodus Foundation, the organization through which we provide services to women in our communities. For more information about how we intend to erase human trafficking, go to our website, theexodusfoundation.com or harrietcamera.com, and you'll find more information about how we do what we do. Your continued support of this podcast and this broadcast helps us to continue to do what we do. So I humbly ask you to take note and to, as soon as you can, help us to get the work done. Amen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And let's get right to it and get right into the scripture. So we're looking at Zephaniah chapter 2, and I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. So I have a Bible app on my iPad because it has large print, right? Like many of us, we have challenging eyesight as we grow right? It's part of the growth mechanism, right? So Zephaniah chapter 2, 
And the previous week, last week, we looked at Zephaniah chapter 3, and the previous week we looked at Zephaniah chapter 1. So our foray into this is a message. When you listen to it all, I encourage you to go to our podcast and listen to it. You will get the whole picture. Say the whole picture, the whole picture. So we're talking about seek the Lord. Zephaniah chapter 2, and it reads like this in verse 1 from the, New King, from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth. Before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. And in verse number three, this, this is it. It says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, <clears throat> which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be he shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. And we ask that for someone watching today, that you will become Jehovah Rapha. You will become Jehovah Jireh. You will become Jehovah Nissi and bring us the victory and the peace. We pray right now for our friends and our brothers and sisters in Russia. We ask you to hover over all of us in the name of Jesus. Bring resolution to the war in Ukraine, the war in Yemen. Bring resolution to wherever conflict is in the Sudan and in other parts of Africa. We ask you, oh God, to hover over us, hover our political leaders, hover around us, oh God. Send a hedge of protection around the United States of America. Keep us, Lord God Almighty. Send a hedge of protection to Denmark and to Finland and to Poland. Send a hedge of protection to the Sudan and to other places in Africa and Ethiopia and to Nigeria and to Kenya and to Mozambique. We ask you, O oh God, to send a hedge of protection around your people in Central America right now, in Mexico, in the name of Jesus, root of violence as it appears. We thank you for making a way where there is no way. We thank you, Lord God, that as our ships sail the oceans, O oh God, people are looking for pleasure craft right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, O oh God, Holy Spirit, that you remove catastrophic weather from our world. You remove catastrophic weather from people who are farmers and who are dependent on the land for their subsistence. We thank you right now, O oh God, that you are healing the sick and the afflicted, that you're healing children. You're healing those who are asking you for help. There are people right now dependent upon you, O oh God. Bring restitution and bring provision, bring healing and peace. Heal our bodies everywhere we hurt. Eliminate blood pressure. Eliminate aneurysms. Eliminate blood sugars. Eliminate cancers, oh God. Eliminate any distress in our lives. Give us the victory of peace this week. Give us the victory of your provision. Keep violence and wipe out tears from our eyes, oh God. We beg you this morning. We humble ourselves. And I pray that I decrease that you might increase and may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Seek the Lord. My sisters, my brothers, my friends, I come to you today humbly as I know how to ask you and to implore you to seek the Lord. Let us collectively pray and ask God. Let us deliberate. Prayer, my friends, doesn't have to be that we're all in the same place. It is impossible for all of us to be in the same place at the same time. But 
Prayer might be the only free time you have driving on your commute to work. Prayer might be the only time you have when you're in the bathroom and you're having a shower or while you're brushing your teeth. Prayer might be the only time you free time you have while you're making dinner and you're standing at the kitchen sink washing dishes or while you're stirring a pot. I ask you to seek the Lord. If you have five minutes before you fall asleep tonight, if you have even two minutes, I'm begging you to seek the Lord. If you have just one minute as your first thing as you wake up in the morning and your eyes open, those few minutes before you get out of bed, seek the Lord. I am begging you to pray as if you've never prayed. Prayer doesn't have to be structured. I know our brothers and sisters who are Islam pray five times per day and thank God for that. Somebody is faithful. Amen. Somebody is. I know our friends and brothers and sisters who are Hindu, you pray as well. Thank you, Jesus. I am happy that you do. So I'm asking the rest of us to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Pray and seek the Lord. It's the way you seek the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. Pray to him. Ask him to stay his anchor. Let's be clear. Politicians in the last hundred years have done horrible things to people all over the world. At some point, there's some accountability. It may be that we are the generation who is going to experience God's accountability. It could be the generation immediately after me, which would be the millennials, or the generation Z, or generation alpha. Whatever it is, we're going to see it anyhow. Is it fair? No. Our ancestors did some horrible things. Are we responsible for it? Well, we kind of benefited. Some of us benefited from all the conquering and the conquest that they did. They have caused wars and rumors of wars. They have damaged people's lives damage the way people think in an effort to conquer they have said things and created structures and systems called racism called power called corollarism called economic infatalities they have created all of those in an effort to call it conquest in an effort to rule people and to have power and dominion over people they conquered people now here we are we are reaping what they sowed so now, what is our recompense? How do we extricate ourselves from these calamities that we're witnessing? Make no mistake about it, every action has a reaction. There are consequences to our actions. So while we were enjoying the benefits and the, the beneficiaries and became the beneficiary of all their conquests, where we got gold and silver, our economies thrived and you know, we could just go and get a loan to buy a house and buy the biggest house, buy the biggest car and change and change and change and travel, blah, blah. Somebody else was paying the price. The person who lost the country and the people, let me be clear, the people in the country who were conquered were paying the price. Now, here it comes. We are seeing it and now we are uncertain. There are, say it, there are actions and then there are reactions. There are consequences for the actions. Now, what do we do? The way to get yourselves out of it, and the way we are going to get out of it, is as the Bible instructs us. This is what the prophet told us to do. He said, gather ourselves together. Now, I don't have a building that we can all gather in. And even so, I couldn't gather all of us into the same building. But what I can do is ask us to collectively start by praying. We can start a time when it is most convenient. You don't have to go through the whole thing and it become ritualistic. Rituals are good. That's part of religious practices the world over. 
but what we can do is instead of ritualizing it and making it by rote although that is good it serves as a tool to get you to get up and do it we need to start cultivating a prayer life start by praying asking God let your inner man lead you you will find that your spirit will start telling you what to say what is your spirit okay so you're gonna ask that too all right your spirit is that inner deep voice that is inside of you we live in a world today that is too rushy we're constantly on our phones we're constantly scrolling we're constantly listening to something we're not listening to this inside of here we jump out of the house the house is too noisy the TVs are on it's on different channels every room has a TV and a different channel you're listening to another podcast where men are broadcasting how much they hate women you're listening to another broadcast where other people are broadcasting how they hate people who don't look like them too much noise then you get in your car and you turn it on and there comes something else eliminate all that noise secure a day and a time even if it's the time of day when you sit down to have lunch don't always seek out someone to have lunch with some days you just sit by yourself and listen it's called meditation we call it prayer you sit down and you listen and you pray accordingly the Bible says before the decree comes forth before the day passes as the chaff you know what is the chaff well, we don't live in agrarian times anymore. Many of us have never even seen a farm, except when we went to Old McDonald's Farm and kindergarten, remember those at school trip? And then we used to take our kids to the upper side of farms and so on. That's the closest many of us have come to farming lifestyles. But at the time when the Bible was written, people were farmers. So the chaff is part of the wheat. You know, the grain that we now call bread and what we make flour and rice and all that stuff from. Those things grew up in the field. So the chaff was the part that leaned off. It wasn't the strongest part of the, 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 the plant because the stalk was strong. So what the Bible here is saying is before the chaff breaks off, before the weakest part breaks off, before the Lord gets so angry because we are so distracted, so caught up in ourselves, we are not listening to that inner voice that comes from him. So he's saying, before the anger of the Lord come upon us, before it does, let us listen. Why is God angry with us? Well, why isn't he? Right now, as we speak, there are children who are being labor trafficked. There are children who are being sexualized in war zones. There are children who are being abused and violated. There are children who are being sold into sex trafficking. Why would the Lord be angry with us? We have turned a blind eye to our husbands coming home at night, knowing that they were somewhere where they shouldn't have been. We turn a blind eye to the porn that we see on their browser history. Know they're looking at child pornography. Now don't go get up and go look at your husband. So I say, give it that. Let me see what you're looking at. We have turned a blind eye. The point is to what is remarkable and what has happened in the world. We turn a blind eye to the suffering faces of people in the Sudan because they don't look like us. We turn a blind eye to the suffering faces of people in Ethiopia who are Jews who have been abandoned by other Jewish people and who have been abandoned because their skin color is different. They're suffering. They suffer from simple things that a 99 cents eye drop from a grocery store can fix. We turn a blind eye to it. We turn a blind eye to people in the world who don't have good running water, who 
are suffering from things that vitamin C and vitamin D can cure. And they're born with broken limbs. And you have people like Mercy Ships who have to beg for money to go to places where instead of taking care of their population, they're providing weapons of war. That's what makes, that's what stirs the Lord up. When we drive past people who are homeless and we turn a blind eye, you would never give a penny to uh, many of us, would never give a penny to an organization that is feeding the hungry, feeding the homeless, providing shelter services like what we do. Many of us would never give, but you know what we will do? We will pay money to go watch the OnlyFans and watch the girl gyrate on OnlyFans. We will pay money to go to another country to sexualize children. But we would never take that money, that whole airfare, and donate it to an organization that is providing help. Somebody say amen. And the people in here are looking at me like, okay. <laughs> amen. Do you see what I'm saying? So that is what has stirred up the Lord. Now you're hearing things from this preacher, this person sitting here. My name is Harriet Kamak. You're hearing things from me that you're not hearing anywhere else. So you might be saying, well, that's what you say, but... That's not what the other people are saying. The other people are not saying it because they know how you think. And they will think they want your money. So they're not going to say the things that are truthful. They're not going to say what stirs up the Lord's anger. They're going to tell you it's because you sin. So you feel guilty. So you hand over the money. Ah, oh, yeah, last night I made love to my husband. I made love to my wife. I went and bought a dress I shouldn't have bought. That's not what, that's not what, that's, that's your reasonable service. Amen. That's not what stirs up the Lord's anger. Is when we look at the wickedness in the world and by our silence, we are complicit with it. When we see injustice in the workplace and know that you got promoted because you look like the boss and you did not get promoted because you were qualified and you know the person who is qualified should have gotten it. When you see injustice being done and you do nothing about it, it stirs the Lord's anger. We drive past people in hospitals all the time. Do you ever pray? Every time I see a hospital building or I see a doctor's surgery, I'm reminded to plead the blood of Jesus that everybody who walks in, walk right back out. That's what we're supposed to do. It's a reasonable service. Am I a perfect person? Ask my children. Nah, I will tell you I am the most imperfect human being you could ever want to meet. But you know what I do try to do? I do try to make sure that I seek the Lord because I don't want to experience his anger. Having read the Bible and having seen how the Lord's anger played on me, I'm not going to take, here, here's the thing. I'm not going to take the risk that there is a God above the earth and in the heavens who can actually be angry and actually do these things. I'm not going to take that risk. So you know what I do? I line right up. I believe. I see the evidence of it. And I believe and I seek it. The Bible says here that we are to seek righteousness. What is righteous? Do the right thing, will you? Do the right thing. Help somebody to get promoted. Don't fire that person just because you want to keep all the money for yourself. Don't turn somebody away who is looking for a house. Years ago, when I first came to Detroit, about 20 years ago, we had just moved from Florida. I had a little job running a McDonald's store. And my credit score was good. 
So I wanted to go buy a copy. This is Harriet Kemmerk, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today I want to talk with you a little bit about sometimes you got to be careful about casting out devils. So many times we go through life and you hear people say, that's a demon, that's a devil, and we need to cast it out. Well, I want to show you from the scriptures how Jesus looked at it and what Jesus' instructions were and why. Why did he do it the way he did? And what is he saying? Because we live in a day and time within a framework of people having actions and doing things against us that you ever had that happen to you? That someone does something to you and you kind of look at them like, hmm, why did they do that? Or we see deliberate acts of cruelty and wonder where is the genesis of it? How did that happen? Or you might just be going along and you realize that someone whom you trusted, you loved, they did something that kind of makes you feel mm, like something is wrong. Well, I want to talk with you about sometimes you got to be careful how you cast out devils because sometimes you we might be doing it the wrong way or we may not understand the full reasons behind it. We have to be careful about this. So I don't want this to go over your heads and you say, well, that may not apply to me because I'm not in deliverance or I'm not a pastor, deacon or whatever. And for those of us who might have come from a Catholic background where you would go to the priest with things like this and the priest in his spiritual authority would perform exorcisms, that's what you might be thinking. But know that these are not just left up to the priest. We all have spiritual authority if your heart is right. So let's get into the meat of this and discover what are the parameters surrounding casting out demons, where people cast spells on people and do all kinds of chantings. There's a lot of that going on today. There's a lot of people who are not getting the kind of results that they want done and so they're going to tarot card readings and they're going to other spiritual methods if you will to seek relief people are having things happen in their relationships and these things have always happened yeah we understand that there are a multiplicity of religious thought around us the main religions of 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 christianity judaism and islam buddhism and hinduism are not and Sikhism and Shinto, those are not the only world religions that exist. There are a multiplicity of other religions. And so people, when they emigrate and they come to other places, they take their belief systems with them. So they resort to their belief and religious and ritualistic practices as a way of life. It's part of their customs and beliefs. So you don't expect someone who emigrated from somewhere else to suddenly conform and adopt to what you do. They still bring their belief systems with them. And so all of this is taking place all at the same time. And with all of these things are going on, now you see why we got to be careful about casting out demons and casting out spirits. We really want to know what are we doing, on what authority are we doing it, and why? That is the question. Why? Amen? Amen. My name is Harriet Kamak. I'm the host of Down to Earth, in addition to which, in addition to being a podcast host, I'm also a broadcast host because this you can find on TV stations around the country. 
go to my website, harrietkimmick.com or the exodusfoundation.com to find out more information about how we help women in our community and how we attempt and are trying to erase human trafficking. We're also concerned about violence against women. That's the platform we stand on. That's how we began this ministry, Harry Kamek Ministries, many years ago in an attempt to provide information and outreach to women who might be experiencing intimate partner violence or domestic violence. You could be sitting on the couch. Don't look at the person sitting next to you, but you could be sitting right there on the couch and the person next to you could be your husband, your brother, you live with family members and you're experiencing domestic violence. The reason it is called domestic violence is because it happens domestically in our homes. It becomes intimate partner violence when it's someone we have been intimate with. And so we want to understand that violence against women and children exists and it happens. And as a community, we all need each other to eradicate it. It has no stratification. It occurs at every socioeconomic level. It occurs at every cultural level. It occurs at every level, wherever people are, these things happen. And it becomes our problem. It becomes a problem in our community. I feel like I need to say this that the most dangerous stand for a woman is when she chooses to exit a relationship. And I feel like I need to say it because you might be a parent or a grandparent and you might be concerned about your daughter or your son. Violence has no gender, so it's not confined to one group doing it against the other, though 97% of violence against women is committed by men. Let's be clear about that. But you might be concerned about your son or your daughter. And if so, if you are concerned about some activity that you have observed and you are wondering about it, there is the National Domestic Violence Hotline for more information. There are methods that we all have, even on our own website, the Exodus Foundation. If you go to our website, it gives you a brief disclaimer to exit the website so it doesn't show up in a browser history. There are red flags and relationships that we all should watch out for. And violence takes place in all kinds of relationships. Wherever there's stratification, it takes place in hierarchical relationships. It's everywhere at the same time. So an awareness of it becomes something to do what? To protect all of us from harm. So I'm asking everyone in my viewing audience and in my listening audience to help each other. We must look out for one another. If you see this happening, if you see something happening, help someone. You don't have to interfere. Don't go pull your gun out or, you know, become like Clint Eastwood say, make my day kind of thing. You don't have to be that demonstrative, but you can call 911 if you observe it and think something is going wrong. The next day, if you see someone, you can say, hey, are you okay? I find that just smiling with someone and say, are you okay? Opens up a can of worms. People will just tell you everything and it gives you an opportunity to say, I know someone who can help you. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Amen. Amen. It kind of brings it home that we all must look out for one another, right? We are each other's. We are each other's neighbors. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for listening to that. As usual, I'm an author. So I have written books about this. I've traveled across the country to talk about this. I've been doing this for more than a decade. I've spent many time, many hours in broadcast spaces on television, on radio, and in podcasts talking about this. So this has been something that we are accustomed to. So again, that alarming statistic, 75% of women are harmed, hurt, or killed at the point of exiting a violent relationship. 
typically within 18 to 24 months, kind of sobering reality that we face. 94% of women in the United States who are harmed are harmed by someone they know. 94%. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you look like. It is what it is. Violence is real and we need to take some time out to know what are the red flags in a relationship. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for bearing with us through this and listening. So today I want to talk with you about, you got to be careful about casting out demons. We preface this at the beginning by talking about the multiplicity of religions that are operating in our world today and in our societies, not just here. I recognize I have a global audience, so it's not just here in the United States, it's everywhere. And that people come from a variety of spaces and there has to be some level of appreciation that we exhibit to all of us for people who don't believe as we do. People are accustomed to their traditions, their customs that they have been practicing for thousands of years is what they grew up seeing. It's just like us here in America. We grew up celebrating July 4th, right? So you think the whole world celebrates July 4th? Not quite. (laughs) We're the only ones who celebrate July 4th because it is our custom. Therefore, if we go somewhere else or someone comes to us and they don't celebrate July 4th, we should be open-minded. Same way, same thing, as my grandmother would say, same way, right? So when other people, when we see them practicing other beliefs and so on, take time out. We have the internet today. You can go look up, someone tells you they're Buddhist, you can go look up what is Buddhism. Someone tells you they practice Shinto, go look it up. Someone else says, well, I come from so the Caribbean, I'm a descendant of Cubans like I am. They practice Santeria, go look it up. We, we should not, at this point in time, ascribe to people based on their nation of origin or where they come from, negative practices. So we, we should be more open-minded. We're more educated now, or shall we say more aware, because we have the internet. We watch a variety of shows. I have found that Netflix, as a streaming service, is one of the best things you could ever do. Netflix has a variety of shows from all parts of the world. Why don't you take time out to watch it? They have English subtitles. So you say, Harriet, I don't want to watch that. You can watch it in English subtitles, American English subtitles. And you will find that you realize after a while that we're not that very different. As humans, we have the same concerns. We have concerns of wanting to be loved. We want peace. We don't want violence in our homes or in our society. You find that we don't want to have anything that is negative. Amen? Amen. So be careful about casting out devils. And we're seeing this from the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, I'm reading from the book of Luke chapter 11. And I'm reading verses 17 to 26. And in this, as usual, the words of Christ are written in red. So we're going to read these in your hearing. We only have a few minutes to go through this. But The preceding verses dealt with Jesus and the temptations of the establishment. So the establishment represented by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. They were the establishment in Jesus' day. And so they were testing him because Jesus is now a revolutionary, right? So he's this street preacher, if you want to put it into context. And he's going around and he's the people's preacher. And he's telling the people how to live, which, as you know, is a what? A challenge to the established order of the day. So he's telling the people how to live. So they want to catch him in something. First, they were trying to catch him to see if he maybe had a woman 
woman hiding around there somewhere because you can't have sex outside of marriage. So they want to catch him with that. They want to catch him to see if he's a thief. Does he take the money and go spend it somewhere else? They want to catch him to see if he wears garments that he shouldn't be wearing. So this was one of the ways that they thought they could catch him. So they said, boy, we can't catch this guy in anything. Let's just try to catch him in what he teaches. Let's use his own teaching against him. Let's see if he's going to violate what Judaism says, the established religion of the day. And it says right here in verse 17, But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and the house divided against a house falleth. If Satan be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say, he say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. In verse 21, when a strong man armed keep his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him, overcome him, take it from his armor, and divideth his spoils, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When And here's what I want you to think about. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. Note that very well. In verse number 25 it says, And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Father, in Jesus' name, I decrease so that you might increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts find acceptance in your sight. O Lord, my strength and redeemer. I pray for somebody watching, someone listening today. Heal somebody. Raise someone up. Cast down violence in our society. Cast down violence against women and children. I pray right now, Jesus, that as it comes up, that as our as our worship comes up before you, we pray right now that it rises up as incense before your nostrils. Accept us, O Lord, as you diminish fires around us, as you diminish the fires in our hearts, the fires in our souls, the fires we have one to another. O God, cast out the demons from around us, the lying spirits, the cheating spirits, the spirits that are divisive. We pray right now, O God, for people in hospital rooms, that you heal their bodies from the crowns of our heads to the soles of our feet. I lay hands on myself for cancers to dry up in our bodies. I command cancers to dry up and to come out of people. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness and disease and pancreatic cancer, rise up and come out and be burnt up. In the name of Jesus, I command healing to flow into your joints, into your body, that your knees are healed in the name of Jesus, that pain in your body must dry up at the presence of God. Let God arise and let every enemy be scattered before him so the people of God can have peace. I pray provision be released upon you in the name of Jesus and that every bill is paid in Jesus' mighty name. And may God have mercy upon us and be with us and grant us peace these next seven days in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen. So what is it that we're reading right here about casting out devils? The scriptures is very clear that we are to be careful when we cast out devils because here's the reason why. When you have cast the demon out, 
it comes back seven times worse. Why is it referencing seven spirits? Because the spirit of God has seven spirits. The spirit of wisdom, go back and look it up. The spirits of wisdom, the spirit of might, the spirit of fear of the Lord. Those are the seven spirits. So if God has seven spirits, how many spirits does Satan have? Think about it. You have been delivered from drugs and addiction. You ever wonder why you see somebody who has ever gone through addiction and they keep coming back and keep coming back? So much so know that even psychologists are saying once you go down that road, you can't come back. Because when you have cast it out, you have cleansed it. But here's the difference. Here is the difference. And this is what I say to folks who are asking for deliverance and asking for relief. Here's what I say. How is your heart? What condition is in your heart? Because the spirit here, the the spirit here addresses that. Jesus said it best. It's what's in your heart. What's in your heart is what is in your spirit. So if the spirit of the person then is determined to be wicked and cruel, sometimes what happens is just a partial deliverance. It's just a part of it that comes out. So because the base of them is still intending to be cruel, still intending to be evil, Guess what happens? Satan still has them by the heart. Some of us are wondering, why is it that you look at your child whom you sent to rehab? You paid money for them to be delivered out of rehab. You spent a lot of money. In fact, this is the third foray into rehab. And you wonder why they can't come out of it? What is their heart? Do they really think they need to be not dependent upon that drug? Do they really think that they can be free? They will tell you, yes, 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 because they want immediate relief. But at the base of it, do they really want to? That is the question. This is why when you're casting out demons, you you have to be careful. This is why they will tell you, you have to ask the person, do you want to be free or not? Because it makes no sense. I spend $50,000 and send you to rehab every three months and you're still not getting free and you're scratching your head like look at all the money i spent on this kid i sent them to college i sent them through rehab i sent them overseas if you add it up you have spent a lot of money on your child and you're saying why in dickens name why oh god can't they be free is their heart really set up to be free See, the scripture says that we need to be mindful of the pain of the heart. We need to be mindful of the thoughts of the heart. So when you're looking at someone and they appear, they're doing wicked things to you, you have to really look at their heart. But the Bible says, you see a man's face. You can't see his heart. You can't see what is in the heart. All you see is their face smiling with you while they have a thing to stab you in the back. You can't really see that while they extend the hand of fellowship, they have the other hand coming around with a a knife to stab you. So what can you do? What do you do? This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be careful. He says, be careful here because the last state of the man is worse. Because when a strong man arms his palace, this is why the scripture says that here it is very clear. It says very clearly, this is why Satan's kingdom does not fall. You know why? Because Satan is not standing against himself. If Satan is in a person, right? And Satan has the seven spirits corner. If Satan is in a person, is Satan really going to do anything to make his spirits fall or his kingdom fall? No. So why do you think that a kingdom divided against itself can't fall? You wonder why you and your wife quarrel and argue and argue? Because what? You don't agree. The Bible says if if you're not agreeing, if you don't agree, you can't live. 
So if you are looking at this and you say, but I'm praying, it's only one of you praying for peace. The other person is not in their heart of hearts praying for peace. They might go along with it. And this is why you go to counseling and it looks like it works for a while, isn't it? But that person has already determined that this marriage has ended. This relationship is over. They're just going through the motions with you. Do I have a witness in here? Do you see what I'm saying? It's the same thing when you address all the other things. You have to ask yourself. So this is why you don't argue with people. Because you can't convince them. Because they have already what? Made up their minds about a thing. Don't argue with your neighbor about uh, the property line. And maybe you're cutting my line. And you're putting your lawnmower over on my line. Don't argue with your neighbor. You can get him to see. He has already made up his mind that as far as he's concerned, this is his territory. So you can't convince him. You take him to court that he's coming up. You know what's the best thing for you to do? Put the house up for sale and leave him in his misery. This is why I'm a firm believer sometimes in letting people go. Come on, say it. Sometimes you just got to let people go. I recognize. I don't argue with people anymore. When I was younger, oh, it was my delight to take you down. It was my delight to show you all the ways in which you were wrong. I came with the facts. I was the girl who had the facts. Because I wasn't entering an argument that I was going to lose. I knew that I had to have the facts. Do you see what I mean? I was champion debater for a reason. You know what I found as I grew older? I gained what is called wisdom. One of the seven spirits of God. I gained wisdom. And as I gained wisdom, I realized that the best thing for me to do entering an argument is to determine if that person were willing to change their mind. If they didn't have a changed mind, guess what? I lost the argument anyway. So after a while, I don't argue with people. I let people be. My grandmother used to say this, and I want you to keep this in mind. She used to say, sometimes you have to get people, give people enough rope to hang themselves. Some people, you just let them be. And when you are letting them be, they think they have won the battle, you let them go. Because they're going to encounter things out there that they have to come back to you. And that is when they come back to the grace. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Your parents. You let your children be. They come and they say, they want this, they want another. And you give them everything they want. And then when they fail, they come back and know you have them. Because you are the millionaire that is going to leave them with all the money. Amen? Amen. We got to be careful when we're casting out demons because we have to ask ourselves, is that person really free? Demons here are the things that come against us. All kinds of stuff, sickness, disease. Do you really want to be free? You find that, has the, have you ever seen some people? They just like to, they're like hypochondriacs. They like the attention that comes from saying that they have a disease. They like the attention that comes, everybody looking at them. So they're always the ones saying, I take this pill for that. I take this and have this, I have that. And so you are there praying with them and hoping, even if you, you don't active, feel like you're actively praying, you're actually hoping for them to be better. Guess what you found out? They like it. People sometimes like their dysfunction. That's what Satan is saying. This is what the Bible is saying right here. Satan is not going to fall his kingdom because he has his kingdom set up. So Satan knows that when he's putting a bad thought in someone, what does he do? He makes sure that he has their heart at the base first. He got them. So even though at the top of it, it's like trimming a tree. Have you ever tried to trim a tree? So the tree is a, is a threat to your property. 
but you trim the tree and you trim the limbs and it grows back. And you're like, oh my God, what next do I have to do? You know what you found out you have to do? You have to do what? Excavate it by uprooting it. This is the application. When I used to do deliverance in church, I used to ask, I used to tell them this, I don't fight the symptoms. I want to get to the root cause. What is the root cause? That's how you fight devil's out. You come across your child and they have an addiction. Don't fight the symptoms. Hanging out with the friends and so on. That's the symptom. You know what is the root cause? Your child's heart, her desire, his desire to be with those people, his desire to take that drug because they think that maybe it gives them fun. Your spouse's dis- uh, having uh, affairs, don't fight the symptoms. What is the root cause? He may have an insecurity. He may have some kind of feeling that he needs to be with other people because it assures and, you know, shores up his masculinity. You see now why fighting with the other women don't work? Harriet was never one to do that because it was always the root cause that was the problem. For years, they have always known me to say, what is the root cause? You've got to get to the bottom of this. The root cause is the problem. So when you encounter situations in your life, you go to the doctor and they tell you that you have cancer of some sort. You ask yourself, what is the root cause? How did I get this? What is the seed that sold this thing into my life? Was it unforgiveness? Did I hate someone? Am I in fear of something? Cancel it. Go to the root cause and you will win. If you sit there fighting the symptoms with chemotherapy, it won't go away. Go to the root cause. Uproot it and bring it out. And once you face it down, then you know exactly where you need to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are the problems of our time. See, in back in the, in the day when the Bible was written, in those days, people had actual manifestation of demons. Today, we don't like to call it that because it's not politically correct, but it is what it is. There is a real God and there's a real devil. There is good and there is evil and there is no in-between. It is what it is. Consequently, those of us who purport to do good are always facing challenges of one sort or another. And so we must recognize that because evil does exist in whatever forms or manifestations it exists in, we must have the tools with which to deal with it. This is one of them. Luke chapter 11, verses 17 to 26. Look it up and read it. It's going to put things into perspective in your life. And I pray that as you go through this week, as you look at situations around you, it will bring clarity and focus to what is going on. Because now you begin to realize, how did this evil come into my life? I am the example, and I put myself right here. I was married to someone who beat me up. You know what I had to ask myself? I kept saying, what is it about me that caused someone like this to come into my life? When I could face that situation, I was 31. When I faced it and said, what is it about me? I started the process of excavating. Do you know what happened? Did I marry another fool who would beat me up again? No. I went to the root cause. I didn't fight the symptoms. I fought the root cause. Let us go to the root of the evil that comes against us and fight it and work it out. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak to every demonic force that comes against you. I bind them up now by the blood of Jesus and command that every demonic force must go back to the pit of hell and that the truth will be revealed to you. And when the truth is revealed to you, you will have the power 
to remove the lies that have been set up. Satan, your kingdom must fall in this person's life. You will not have victory over them. God will give you a supernatural overnight, expeditious deliverance from everything that comes against you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, it is so. Be blessed.